Well, well, well. Oh, dear, oh, dear. What a great way to introduce it. We've got people in the studio jumping up and down, and, and they are. They're park rangers. They're a couple of people from Parks Vic. And, uh, yeah, that's a great way to introduce the, the program today, which is Community Connect, with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 along the coast. We were also streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au. Before we... Oh no, I've got to settle down. That's just such a good track. And they tell me it was Reldo Schneider who was singing it. And uh, yeah, good on your Reldo. Uh, fabulous. I thought it was James. <laughs> James was singing along here as well, but we'll get to him yeah. shortly. Look, before we get started, look, I'd like to pay respect to and acknowledge the Gurijan people who are the custodians of the land we're on today, as well as the Gadabanud who are along the coast. And I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and future. Good morning, Eddie. Oh, good morning. What a way to start, eh? Yep. Good fun. A <laughs> good bit of good fun. Uh, look, we're in a beautiful part of the world here, and we've been obviously been spending a fair bit more of it over the last few or three or four months. And but the environment doesn't just look after itself, and that's why we have we've got a couple of park rangers in here today to find out who does look after it. Do they? Should we? Who's doing it anyway? And so our guest today, first one is Jess Reed, who's the area chief ranger for Colac Otway. Hello, Good morning, Jess. everyone. Hello, Greg. Hello, Edwina. How are you? Now, Very well. we're going to not blame you. You're the one that found that track last night, and you weren't sure about playing it. No, but, I wasn't, but I'm glad I did. It's oh, a great yeah. one. Oh, what a great track. It really was. It really brightened our day. And James. Good morning. And James Gorman, you're the Ranger team leader here. Yes. In Colac. In Colac, yeah. And you were singing along with that. I want to be a part ranger. Yeah. Yeah, and here you are, you're a, you're a pommy, and yeah. you had an American accent on you and everything and really got it going, didn't you? Yeah, it's the first time I've heard it, but um, <laughs> quite enjoyed it, really. Yeah. Well, we had a prelude in the front, but whatever. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that is great. Look, uh, and we will just say, we'll have a, a quick g'day, Justin, sitting here quietly, and he's potentially going to be a ranger, and he's here on work experience at the moment, so... We might get to talk a bit about work experience and that yes. as Sounds we go. Good. Yep. But first of all, what, are, what is a park ranger? What do you do? What's Vic Parks do? And Jess, you're you're also because I've got James. He he copped it for being a pom. You're new to town too. You're a bit the same as us, but you're new to town as well because you've come from up north. Yeah, in northeast Victoria in Wangaratta. So I've been in the area chief ranger role here in Colac for twelve weeks now. So. Yes, quite new and still getting my head around um, the area and all our beautiful parks and learning about everything we do have out there. And it is really, as I said in the intro, it is a beautiful area. Yeah, it's amazing. So we want to yes. keep it that way. But how do we go about it? What is a park, Vic? Um, well, being a park ranger is, is about having a, a passion for the environment and, and getting out and, and enjoying what we, um, what we see and what's out there. Um, quite often we can, um, you know, we can watch the TV and, and watch David Attenborough and that. But I think if you immerse yourself out into our, our national parks, you get more of that um, being in touch with nature, smelling the smelling the flowers and uh, smelling that fresh air that we we don't always get in the cities. But we we've all got to have a, a, an impact ourselves, and by doing stuff um, by not. Um, dumping rubbish out in our parks and and, and going out there and um, and working together, not just parts of Victoria, but it's the people that need to work together um, for preserving our, our great parks. So we've got some great national parks out but, there. But what makes you a ranger? Why did you get into it? Um, when I was uh, a young whippersnapper, me and my brother, you know, we used to go out camping with our, our parents, and we used to go on long walks and out in, out in the bush and. Um, it was just having that, you know, being out there and, and enjoying it that sort of led one one thing led to another. Went to university, um, got a, a, a conservation land management degree, 
um, worked for the National Trust, did heaps of voluntary work in, in England to you know try and progress and, and work in the field. So I worked on on reserves and and parks and you know it's uh, you know I've been attacked by terns. I've uh, this was in the on the fine islands in England um, to you know exploding toilets and cleaning toilets in in the Northern Territory and. Uh, and 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 working um, here in the the Great Otway National Parks and and some of the Western District Lakes. So, uh. so I've got to ask: Is the forestry here, or the the work you're doing, and the work you're in, what's it like back in England as far as forest goes and types? Yeah, it's um, the the opportunities here. We've got so many, such a wide space in Australia, um, but. It, Everything's really important um, internationally. Every mm. every person in our world, uh, on a global aspect, has something to add to our to our planet um, from an environmental perspective. It's not just you know the Great Otway National Park here, the West the Western District Lakes, or where I worked up in Nipmuc National Park. It's not not just that. Back in England, um, it's it's you know there's 60 million people in England. Here, there's what, what's that, just over 20 million. Um, the the conservation that goes on in England is we, there's so much small space, but there's still important places where people get you know that, that, that experience and in touch with with what we do um, with that green space and and the forests. So that, you're right, there's not so many forests, but those small pockets of forests and um, and conservation land are equally as important as the the, the larger forests and um, and conservation areas that we've got in Australia. So we've mm. all got a, a massive, um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, we're all custodians for our, yeah. uh, um, for our, our world. And that's the thing. I mean, our first people they looked after it in a completely different way than what we're doing now and that's something that we can talk a bit about as well. Mm. But as far as you've got degree, yep. do rangers need that level? What what sort of do, can we ask of you, Jess, whereabouts have you come from and how did you become Yeah, well, sure, Greg. You're the top ranger. <laughs> um so my background is um in science. So um yeah I've always had an interest in the environment and always loved to get out and play in the dirt and look at bugs and and things and stuff. So um yeah I started out doing a degree I've got a bachelor of science in environmental management and went into a stream of um science around aquatic ecology. So I grew up up on the Murray River. I've spent most of my life well pretty much all of my life until now up on the Murray River. So really interested in freshwater and all the things that that environment has to offer. Um, so yeah, I guess just through, uh, a few choices I've made, and that's probably one thing I wanted to highlight is in, in the science field and, and within Parks Victoria, there's numbers of opportunities to go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do, whether it be a ranger, like we're talking about today, but Parks Victoria obviously is a large organisation, covers the whole state, manages, um, about 80% of Victorians like land mass so it's not just rangers on the ground our organization has accountants they have OHS specialists they have community media people communications people people that manage licenses so as an organization we're very varied and diverse so um yeah this is lots of sorts of people in our organization so um Coming back to your question Greg was around what do you what do you need to become a park ranger yeah. no you don't need a degree um, so there's a number of different pathways, and I think you'll find um, just by chatting to both James and I, we may not have actually set out to the start to be to be rangers. We've we've yeah. come across it just through experiences we've taken along our journey to where we are, and because we have those underlying interests and passion around the environment and the importance of the environment and being custodians for the land. Um, yeah, we we are where we're at today. So. Um, the couple of, I guess, kind of pathways into becoming a ranger is obviously you can go off to, to uni and do your degree, do a science degree. There's degrees out there that specialise in park management. Um, TAFE courses, conservation land management, is obviously another big one that a lot of our staff come up through. And we also have, um, in our fire and emergency areas, we um, put on project firefighters every year over the summer period to help with our fire response. So a lot of people get their foot in the door by coming on as a seasonal um, project firefighter and gaining experience within both Parks Victoria and Department of Environment, Land and Water and, um, and work their way up into the organisation that way. So, um, yeah. 
Very varied. And so why do we really need a group of people to look after the environment? Why can't we as a, a community look after it without you know, having specialists? What's wrong with us? Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with us. <laughs> Uh, it's we're not all as zealous as you guys. I mean, you're giving us direction, aren't you, as to how we should behave when we're out there, really? Yes, we are. There, I mean, there's, there's the National Parks Act, there's the Wildlife Act, there's a number of regulations that, that, that apply to our national parks and, and reserves. Um, but really, there's, um, you know, that that's one side, but there's a lot of do's that that Parks Victoria, you know, we we try and get people to be out in our parks. We 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 set up um, infrastructure, car parks, walking tracks, viewing platforms, um, and we maintain those so that people can connect with the the, the country that's that's around us. So we 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 as park rangers, um, we talk to people, we talk to our visitors, and 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 deliver messages and and say right, okay, these these waterfalls that. You know, if we didn't have these regulations, uh, if we didn't have um, th these walking tracks, people could climb all over these uh, th these waterfalls, waterfalls, and potentially damage them. They could leave litter around. They could, you know, walk their dogs and introduce weeds and, and that sort of thing. So there has to be some sort of regulation. But at the same time, you're still experiencing those waterfalls and and, and looking at. And, and walking around these these beautiful places, so that's you know one thing amongst many. Um, you know we do weed control, we do feral animal control. Um, as I say, talking to visitors. So it's 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 you know we 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 try as parts Victoria deliver those messages, but also do our best to get people to connect and and enjoy. Our, and I reckon that's a really good point, James, yeah. is around, um, yeah, so we're out doing what we do as park rangers every day, mm. but we're also um, providing the community with opportunities to get out and about in our parks and help us. Mm. So we've got, and I'm, I'm sure we'll chat up later, but we've got a number of volunteers out in our parks doing different things. We've got friends groups out doing pest plant and animal control, land care groups. We have um, school groups come in all the time. So we're actually facilitating um, volunteers in the community do stuff in our parks and also sharing our knowledge about the importance of the parks and enhancing the experience for everyone involved. And how, well, a couple of the problems, we want to change culture, I suppose, because there is problem with littering. You made mention of that, James. There is problem with littering. What about with feral animals and that sort of thing? Is there a problem in our area? Oh, I, I mean, problem. There, there is feral pest plant and animal issues mm. within the park. I think that that's, that's just across the board everywhere. So we run a number of different programs across, obviously, the state, but specifically in the Otways to address pest plant and animal problems that we have. So um, one of the big landscape scale projects that we're running in the Otways at the moment in partnership with um, Department of Environment, Land, Water and Planning and also the Conservation Ecology Centre is around our Otway Arc project okay, and yeah, also our Otway Eden project. Okay, got a bit of information from that because Edwina and I were at, at uh, Anglesey on the weekend where we'll have to say hello, to, we can say hello to Felix and Claire if they're listening because they yes. were down there at the uh, at community centre there with the, with the stand and they had a, a feral cat, a stuffed feral cat was on display there and I thought my sainted aunt. Yes. But we had a good yarn with them, and they made mention about the ark. Now, that's something that they were very interested in, and that is interesting. So do you want to give a bit of a, a brief on that one, Yes, yeah, sure, great. Greg, not a problem. So the OA ark was developed um, based on research and monitoring, which was identifying that there was an increase in risk to our small mammals within the Otways, the Great Otway National Park and Anglesey Heath. So um, the, the monitoring that people had been doing for some years highlighted the need that there needed to be management of those impacts and um, it, it's really around the small mammals and as you're aware climate impacts rainfall impacts all those things are, are leading to stresses on on the environment and and the critters and animals particularly the small mammals within the environment but um, they were also seeing that um, those pest animals such as foxes and, and mm. potentially and, mm. and cats were having an impact on the small mammals so um, the, the overall goal of the project is to reduce the threat to those small mammals on the ground through active management of the predators being fo primarily foxes and also looking at some of the impacts of feral cats. Um, so also. how do you control the foxes? So what we've done in the past or what we generally do is around um, 
baiting. So we've done some 1080 baiting in the past okay. um, to specifically target foxes mm. in, in that area. As part of the project also, there's a camera monitoring component. Mm. So cameras are put out in specific locations to try and capture obviously small mammals first and foremost to detect whether they're in that landscape. But then they're also picking up on some of the fox distribution mm. as well. We, we um, when I first started with Parts Victoria Lake Elizabeth, the um, the the campers when I approached the campers, you know, how was your night? They um, they'd often been raided through the night by foxes, so they the, the foxes were eating croissants, so they were posh foxes. <laughs> um, um, but but the thing is, they 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 were eating, you know, taking people's eggs. We we found rubbish in, into the bush, so they were taking people's rubbish up into the bush, and we were seeing, you think know, everyone's littering it. It was the foxes. Um, since this Otway arc has been in place, um, we've actually done a, a couple of camera monitoring in there because we were thinking that w maybe we we need to get rid of these foxes around uh, Lake Elizabeth. Um, but since we've been doing that uh, little bit of camera monitoring, we found that um, we were getting some of the smaller animals, so we were getting bandicoots in in the in the pictures rather than foxes. We didn't even see a, a fox. In the camera picture, and the, mm. and there's less litter, and people are getting not getting raided by the foxes anymore. This is all anecdotal. I mean, but you know, from you know this overarching Otway Arc program, we're just seeing it on a local level that mm. it, that it's working. So the impacts, even with foxes on visitors, as well as the the small animals, is um, you know the, the programs that we we're doing, we're we're seeing evidence mm. and ongoing monitoring is. Um, Hopefully, we'll show that as well. So it's that's I've, fabulous, isn't it? Yeah. I've actually been camping and seen kangaroos come into tents and take food. Yes, that's very interesting. Oh no! Now I've got a. There was one group down at Anglesey as well, and they had what was it? A dusty, a dusky antichinus. Anti-kindness. Okay. <laughs> but it was stuffed, but they had a big display. So they had a big they had a big display down there. Now this is opening up another another can of worms in a way because we're down at Anglesey, you've got Lawn, Palo Bay, and we're right we we just come a couple of hundred yards off the water. Hundred yards, yeah, showing my age. A couple of hundred metres, thousand metres or whatever. And we've gone from beautiful sea to beautiful bush, beautiful lotways. Yeah. Uh, beautiful mountains and beautiful mm. whatever. Now that's covering a, a really big area as well. So I imagine, and we'll have a bit of a talk. We'll have to go even have a bit of a track. You'll have to organise your next track, please, Jess. Is it? It takes more than one group. You, you're going to be looking at various areas of coordination to look after these big this big area. Yeah, so that's... I, I think we might have to um, start breaking it down as to how you manage that, Jess. Yeah, happy to do that for sure. All right. So we're going to have a little break here where today we've got little people in from Parks Vic and we've got a, a Justin sitting here quietly who potentially is going to be a ranger. We've got the ranger team leader in James Gorman. We have Jess Reed, who's the area chief ranger for the Colac Otway area from Parks Vic we are and we've got Edwina mm. and we're having a real good yarn about that on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast where we are also streaming live at all the W's OCRFM .org.au and we will uh, be also podcasting this so you'll be able to have a listen at that at some stage when you're when you're uh, out of the studio all right and you can hear how good you've come across but we'll <laughs> be back with you after this song and we don't know what it is who's it by jess it's by ice house one of my favorites ice great house. southern land oh good oh great southern land by ice house you're gonna have a listen to that and we'll be back with you shortly <laughs> That was Great Southern Land by who? Ice House. Ice House. One of Jess, Jess's favourites, she tells us. And Jess reads the area chief ranger for the Colac Otway area. And uh, she's from Parks Vic. And sitting alongside her is James Gorman, the ranger team leader. They're both new to the area, really. Three yes. years here? Yeah. You I'll, said, I'll James? Three years, yeah. Three years, 12 weeks. 12 weeks. This is our 14th program, so we're pretty new. But we're all feeling we're feeling our way around, and I think that's what everyone has to do when we're out and about enjoying ourselves, isn't that right, Ed? It is, sure is. Sure is. That's Edwina sitting back, being relaxed. She's like that. We I mentioned before we went and had the little break there 
that it is a big area and so how do you how do you manage to look after it you can't do it all with one team i guess you'd have to have various aspects looked after by various people and various areas looked after whatever yeah that's right how does it work jess yes so i guess um in in parks victoria speaks so we have districts um so our area colic outway falls within the west coast district and that encompasses um anglesey lawn our area obviously here and goes over to port campbell warrnambool way so within that district we have three teams so we have a team that has a similar structure to to ours so an area chief ranger that has oversight of of the team and the operations in the area um at anglesey and lawn is one area that's called um surf coast my area here which is colac and apollo bay which is colac otways and then over towards the west which is the 12 a's warnable area and that's shipwreck um, the 12 A's. Land. Yeah, 12 A's. The 12, 12 Apostles. We actually saw uh, Ernie Dingo was down there the other week. Or Did you see that program? He no, was I on. Didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, he was just down there. They had a great program on it and he was out and about. They had a cruise that took him out. And how many are left out of the 12? I think seven. Is there seven left? Seven Apostles? There's not many left. <laughs> not but, many. Um, but it's they still... Will con- and they will continue to be called the Twelve Apostles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. it? Well, I mean, it has to stay that way. And well, they're Twelve. Exactly. But, so, the, the area, now that's marine parks. Are they separate to you guys? No, so we manage marine parks as well. So, yeah, coast, wetlands, waterways and land. Now, there's a, here's a question I hadn't even thought of until now. If you want to go fishing, you got you, because you were fresh water up north, now you're down on the salt water, but we've got to look after our people who are out fishing. It's not just what we do on land either, is it? No, not at all. So can we have a little brief on that? What about licensing and all that sort of stuff for fishing? So fisheries licences are managed by um, fisheries, so outside of Parks Victoria. But what we do is we just obviously enable people or provide beaches and that for people to, to fish from. So a bit like we spoke about before, some areas we permit it, some areas we don't. And that's clearly defined by signage and information we provide to visitors at the time. So I know a few, James is our fisherman here, so yeah, um, he can probably elaborate on his hotspots for fishing? No, I don't divulge my hotspots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, I mean, there's, there's fishing, you can fish in Lake Elizabeth. Um, there's, the Otways are, are well known for, for fishing as well. Um, the, um, the one thing that we all say is that, you know, don't leave litter and take your fishing line home with you because there are critters out there that can be affected like that, like the, the platypus there's a number of platypus at uh, Lake Elizabeth, and they're what we call a crepuscular species, um, which is dawn and dusk. So, um, yeah, if you get down there early, I, I've I've met people down there that have seen the platypus. They've seen four or five platypus as I'm walking in. They're walking out, and they've been down there early. So, but fishing, going back to that, yeah, there's some great fishing spots out there. Um, you just got to, you know, as Victorian fisheries say, is you know just got to abide by the rules, stick to those rules, and that's why we got such great fisheries in Australia um, because they continue to keep providing. Mm-hmm. So and so you're part of it. You do work in concert with them, though, because you're providing accesses and making sure that the access to wherever people are going is that your so it chops off where I mean, you're providing. The lookouts are you, you yeah, know, so I guess we, we manage we manage the land and the marine centuries and that where people can go in this area. So um yeah, I guess we do manage that and mm. fisheries people can just come and fish as long as they follow the requirements of, like you said, getting licenses, um, following catch rules and things like that that's set by fisheries. And one uh, another aspect of the whole thing is that it's once again us having to look after ourselves and look after where we're going while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. But you're you're helping us be responsible for that. Yes. You've got notice one here. You've got to mention under your conservation, which must be one of your areas of expertise. Just as under the Lake Karangamite Rabbit Project. Now, what is that all about? Have we still got? Pro- oh, I look at yes. you. Should have seen the hand pass then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's James's baby. That's, that's James's baby. Yes. yes, it is. Um, I was approached, so this was um, shortly after I'd started with 
Parts Victoria and I was approached by a member of the community, Helene Bell. If you're listening, Helene, hello. Um, oh, wait a second, we've got Cheerios going on yes, here. Yes, we have. Hello, Cheerios. Uh, we'll get them all out of the road good. because we've got a Cheerio to send yet as well. Come on, yeah. hello, who? Uh, Helene Bell. Hello, uh, Helene uh, Bell. Yes. Bell. So she, um, she, she approached me and said that she's got a number of rabbits on her property which backs on to Lake Karangamite foreshore on the uh, the eastern side there and said that, uh, and asked if there was anything that parts Victoria could do because she was worried about the rabbits on her property but obviously there was rabbits on uh, on the crown land so if she was going to control rabbits on her land and they're going berserk on on the crown land then you know what's the point in doing yeah. that so she she approached us and there's we got some funding through the Good Neighbour uh, funding project um, and I was successful in getting that funding and from a community perspective a number of the landowners got on board, mm. Parts Victoria got on board, the local Barangaret Landcare group got in, on board as well mm. so we all collectively worked to uh, controlling the rabbits on the foreshore of, of Lake Karangamite so it's not just a one approach is a catchment approach and everyone working together using various methods uh, of such, such as baiting, such as trapping, such as shooting. Um, so everyone's working together and that's why it's called the Good Neighbour mm. Project and um, that's a three-year project and I'll be, um, be putting in some for some more funding there but it's you know it's definitely having an impact and that enables the grass to grow it enables the the, the native species to mm. um you know there's less competition for for the land as well so you know can so we eat those rabbits anymore um I, I, w I, uh, I wouldn't be no. um no mm. <laughs> not if they've you know if no. <laughs> no, I think if you've got to hesitate that much, yes. I think the answer is definitely no. The bowl of Cheerios are on. We'll have to say hello to Kathy from the train. Yes, we had met Kathy on the way down, had a great yarn. Great yarn with her, and so she'll be out doing the gardening. So hi, Kathy, and we'll see you next time. But uh, yeah, And we have another one too, Sandra, who is in our team in the office over here, um, was going to listen in, so we'll have a shout-out to Sandra. Yeah. And also to my husband, because he's listening as well, and he was the one that picked the Park Rangers song we had on earlier today. Oh, so you're blaming so. him, the other. <laughs> So we'll say hi to Brendan uh, as well. Uh, yeah, and while we're at it, I'll say hello to Kate and the kids. Oh, way good. <laughs> oh, is anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> you're Justin shaking his head, but he says hello to everyone in Ballarat. <laughs> hello to our friends in Ballarat, too. Yeah. Uh, but there are other things. We got the BirdLife Australia survey work, and we know someone who was actually involved in that. Eliza, who was at number four, she came down and she was part of a counting thing. So, what is that one about? Because you, you, you yeah. how do you do that? Because you must get volunteers in that to do this sort of stuff, do you? Yeah. Um, so it's it's Birds Australia, uh, Birds Australia, BirdLife Australia that that runs it. Um, lots of volunteers come on board. Um, to help that have got a general interest in, in birds. Mm. Uh, I, I'm a, a mad keen bird watcher, I've said earlier. You know, twitcher. No, it's a bird watcher. Twitcher's What's a, a twitcher then? A, a twitcher is a, a list ticker, whereas a bird watcher um, watches birds. So a twitcher, and I know some people get offended by becoming... Oh, dear, oh, yeah, dear, I've so, it right up. So, so a twitcher <gasps> Not again. goes and sees a rare bird once, a bird watcher goes back and sees it again. So, um, you know, you a Twitcher is a list, a list ticker. So and I have like got a list, so uh, maybe you can call me a Twitcher. <laughs> so is that like saying I've been to, you know, I've been to Europe or whatever else, you tick it off on your list? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> yep. Yeah, all right. So I'm with you now. So mm. you are a Twitcher? Mm, partly, I suppose. Yeah, bird watcher and Twitcher. But, yeah. um, just go and be Yeah, I'm just mad keen on, on, on finding birds. It's a bit like fishing, you know, you're trying to identify a bird and... And, you know, you go back to see it and then you look at another bird. Everyone wants to know what that bird is, but yeah, you've just got to piece those those birds together. I call mm -hmm. some birds the little brown jobs, um, jigsaw birds. So you see them once and then you think, oh, was that a, a brown thornbill, for example? And then you then you see it again, you see something different and then you, you're able to identify that. And that's the same with all flora and fauna. But with, with the bird counts... Um, 
I worked for the Wildfowl Trust in, in England, uh, at the Slimbridge Wildfowl Trust, and went around a number of the lakes there and counted birds. And it, you're right, it's quite difficult when you've got thousands of birds in a group, but you tend to sort of put a ring in around them and say, well, there's 100 there, 100 there, 100 there, and then you get better at identifying the, the birds that you see. Mm. So um, we do a... a uh, BirdLife Australia do a winter count and a summer count and, um, and there's a number of Ramsar it's a Ramsar site around mm. the Western District, District Lakes and Ramsar are important wetlands for birds and and, and other things, uh, threatened species so mm. it's, it, um, we have a part in conserving those so it gives an overall picture and it's it's monitoring these birds and their numbers to see you know, are, are they being successful or, or are they not and if they're not how can we intervene as as custodians and agencies and mm. the owners of of those places? So, and so now with your job, you're coming down here just from up north. How do you see your you're bringing a different aspect to from north to south? Yes, really, definitely. In, yes, in the way to, the way the operation works here. How is that going to be? Uh, so, so park management as a whole, um, what I've observed and and rightly so is that um, visitation is just huge here like we've got a high number of visitors coming through our parks and coming to what I call traditional park nodes like waterfalls and and different areas and that whereas up on the river we see more kind of dispersed linear landscapes where um, visitation it's still there it's still high but it's not concentrated to specific locations um, so it doesn't seem as busy in in some of our parks um, probably up on the river uh, there's more focus on rabbit, pig, deer control. Not saying that there's not that in the Otways because they're new and emerging species that we're starting to tackle at the moment with some projects that we're doing, but there's just been some longer running landscape scale projects relating to rabbit control, pig control, deer control up along so the river. So what do deer, what, how do you control deer and what do that, what kind of pest are they? Are they a pest? So they're a hooved animal, so yes. Yeah, so they're having so similar impacts of pugging and um, impacts on soils and things like that. So they're a new and emerging species to us. Mm. So, um, yeah, we're still trying to kind of get our head around how we do manage them. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably more through so through survey work and actually just monitoring and recording sightings of, of deer across yeah. the landscape at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah. And because they're new and emerging, we, we've got to develop ways around you know how many are out there and how are we going to control them so we've got to get that background information before we go through with the, the but the why are they emerging because isn't that you want prevention don't you yeah so i think it's um well they've always been there in the landscape i just think that they're moving into to their range is broadening um so where where are they moving what areas are they and where are they moving to well they're pretty much Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Okay. And I think the numbers are increasing, so we're seeing impacts of them more okay. and more and more mm. around areas. What do we do as people if we see them? If you see any pest plant or pest plant or animal, um, yeah, it, it's let us know. Like, that's what we want. We want community to be out there, be our eyes and ears. We can't be out there all the time. Mm. So, yeah, just let your local ranger know or, or give our... 1963 <laughs> 63. Yep. Now, one thing we've seen in our travels too, there's a fair bit of bone seed around. It's not as bad as it, uh, I know the yu yangs, it's really worse. But uh, bone seed and that, you know, what do people, if you see it, do you pull it out? What do you do? Oh, no, I think just if you let us know. I, I just don't let think, you know? yeah, because yeah. it depends on the season and we want to be making sure that we're, first of all, monitoring it. We know that it's there and then we can put in place the, the right management tools to, to address that. Is it what is because I noticed you got one thing here you mentioned is BioScan. What's that? Yeah, so BioScan is a project that's just about to start up. So it's been run by Melbourne Uni, and I probably can't really speak on their behalf about the ins and outs of the project. But um, it's just a project where there's specific um, 
like Smoky Mouse. They're going to be doing, doing some Smoky Mouse surveys um, down in the Otways. Some, What's a Smoky Mouse? So small mammals, Smoky yeah. Mouse. It's one of the um, 13 known species of significance within okay. the Otways. So they're looking at it as um, as part of the Otway Ark project, like it's similar species there. Um, yeah, and they're doing some work on moths. They're doing some work on entomology. So, um, yeah, just a, a bit of a research monitoring project at Melbourne so, Uni are running so, that we're in partnership with So them there is a lot of partnerships that we're not aware of behind all what you're doing? Yes. That's I fabulous. think most of the stuff we do actually has, or particularly in the conservation area, has really strong partnerships and that's all about that best management, broader landscape scale approach because if... So Parks Victoria managed land, Department of Environment Land and Water managed land, Shires managed land... The Conservation Ecology Centre does work, Trust for Nature. All those organisations out there do that. And if one's doing something and we're not doing something on a neighbouring property, we're, we're never going to really win win the war. So it's really positive that we're actually forming better partnerships. Yeah. And partnerships for a long time to actually address these these issues across the whole of the Otways. And you have First Nations people working within you? We do, yes. We have, um, oh, well, we've got Ian. Ian is one of our FSOs. Yep. Yeah, Ian Wilson. He's mm-hmm. our. Um, so we've got um, five rangers here, uh, uh, five rangers and FSOs here at Colac, and rangers and FSOs, um, a combination of nine. Of FSO. Them. Field service officer. Field. Sorry, acronyms everywhere. Yes. We do yes. fall into the trap of acronyms. Now, I don't know whether James is the one to answer this, but while you're organising what our next track's going to be, Jess. Did you mention about getting fundings for specific projects? How are you generally funded? Um, well, we, we get funded by the government as a whole, um, but there are um, there's organisations like Green in Australia, for example. They will apply for funding so that, for for example, there's the biodiversity on ground action program. They've got some money with that, and then we've got an agreement with Green Australia for them to work on our land, and we work in that partnership to work on parts of Victoria managed land as well as the neighbours. So Driite Conservation Reserve, for example, there's a a few foxes there. So uh, us and Green Australia um, work at baiting the foxes on the, the conservation reserve, but Green Australia are working with the surrounding neighbours to control foxes on their land as well. So it's very much that landscape approach that I was talking about earlier. That we Which all, is fantastic. It, it's it's great because you, you know there's there's areas that are for set aside for conservation, and then there's the farmland. But all of us working together, it's it's got to be a good thing for for our environment. And that's what I'm mm. saying about those. You know, we have small wins contributes to the the whole conservation of this country and the world. So. And so once again, the working, all of us working together is yep. the people visiting as well. We've got to all work together in it. And uh, that way we get to see it for free too, don't yeah, we? We do, yep. And I mean, I mean, it's so much to be seen. And there's so many benefits that, for that, yes. you know. So everyone out there, the message is look after what you're having a look at. Take your rubbish home. Yep. Don't dump stuff, and we see so much of that. But I think you'd, you'd still be able to go through it. If you see a big bag of rubbish, do you get people to go through it in case they can identify it? Uh, if we go down the compliance line with the rubbish, yeah, we do actually look for evidence of, good, uh, that's good. of ownership. So mm. be aware of that because you do quite often see someone's dump stuff. So if you're going to dump it, just be aware that you've got a good chance of being nabbed for it as well. We'll be good, though. We're, we're going to look your own community connect with Greg and Edwina on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we're streaming live at all the W's at ocrfm.org.au. We've got Jess Reed and James Gorman in here, ranger, rangers and team leaders and chief rangers and that. But, uh, yeah, and it's been good so far, Red. We're going to get a track. I'm not even going to ask what she's going to... What, what would we be putting on? But we're going to get a track now suggested by Jess that you're all about to hear, and we'll be back with you immediately after this. So, ready, set, go. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, Joni Mitchell, and uh, put up a parking lot. Get rid of all those parks, yeah. Now, we're here with uh, Parks Vic. James Gorman is uh, the one who actually chose that, and not that I blamed, but I said at the beginning or at the intro that it was by our other guest Jess Reed, and they're both rangers with uh, with Parks Vic 
And that was a great little track, Ed. Yeah, wasn't it? Fantastic. Thank you. The, uh, well, well, you're back here. Welcome back to uh, Community Connect with Greg and Ed Weiner, and you are on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast, where it's now just on 11.47. So we haven't got too much time, and we've got a lot of stuff I'd like to talk about is what we can actually have a look at around the Otways. Now, Ed Weiner and I, we're down in Paradise. Now, for people who haven't been there, you've got to go there. It's absolutely yeah, fabulous. It's and that was when we were on the way to the Otway Fly, and we didn't get to Triplet Falls. But we will get there. We will. All right, because that's on National Park. But you know, what, the other stuff to do, what else is there? We've heard of Lake Elizabeth. You've said that already. Edwina thinks it's named after her sister, but it's not. <laughs> so what else have we got going? Uh, we've got so much. I mean, I guess if we're, we're going along the theme of the, the waterfalls, obviously they're always known for for its waterfalls. So, um, yeah, um, we've got Triplet within close proximity. We've got Hopeton Falls as well. So that's a, that's a nice little steep walk down to a beautiful falls, which you kind of see from yeah, so you below. Know, I've got a walking stick. What would be an access yeah. for us people? Greg, that one, probably not great. However, um, we're looking when we are upgrading some of our facilities and we do have other areas for universal access. It's a real, uh, it's something that we're really focusing on, on being able to provide experiences for people with, with all access requirements. Yeah. Mm. So Mates Rest is a, is a good example. So um, everyone knows Mates Rest. It's, a, it's along the Great Ocean, the Great Ocean Road. Um, if you haven't heard, we're doing a pretty significant upgrade at the site coming up this year and um, yeah what that will include or entail is um, a revamp of the structures that are already there and with a definite focus on universal access for that's fabulous for visitors fabulous. Yep. Mm. we don't uh, you know we've been to Worskin Falls and and I find I was there years ago when I was able or abled how do you I'm not disabled I've got limited abilities now but I couldn't I couldn't have got down there except for all the work that has been done to give access to go down the steps to get there. Now, that's absolutely fabulous. I mean, just having all that that you guys have organised, I mean, it's been your predecessors, but whatever else, and you're carrying on with it, it just creates such a, you know, yeah, the ability for us to be able to do it is just so great. Mm. But, yeah, once again, going back to it, I do look after it. So, yeah, where else could we go? So, one of our really popular sites at the moment alongside Hopeton Falls is the Redwoods. Have you been to the Redwoods? No, we haven't. Is that the Cedar Redwood thing? Uh, the Sequoias. Sequoias. The California uh, Redwoods. We, we heard about that, yeah, but didn't get there. Yeah, so they're just below Hopeton Falls, and they're amazing. They're incredible. So, planted in 1936, mm, I believe. 1936, yeah. Yep, by some of the old foresters in the area, and it's just a... It's uh, going hot on Facebook and TripAdvisor as, as a different experience that people can have in the park. They're a small stand of the redwoods along the river, but you walk in there and it's just like a postcard. You just look up into the yeah. into the trees and it's got a really whimsical, magical um, feel to it. And it's yeah. part of the National Forest? Yes, it's part so, of the National Park. Yeah. So people with foresight have, back in the 30s, they've planted these things. Well, yes, but probably not. Yes, they would have at the time. I'm not sure the driver for for planting. I think it was a, a, as an experiment um, to plant because um, it was all forestry. So they mm. planted those to think, right? Okay, could that be a you know a product from this from, from this forest that we can harvest? But um, anyway. They're still there. They're still there and not being harvested. No. So now they're just they're growing well. And becoming a really popular tourist attraction in our area. Because it was mentioned to us to go and have a look and we didn't find it. But we were in oh, a hurry. We didn't, go, we didn't go to that area. We didn't go to the falls. So. No. But we're coming back to Lawn. Oh, dear. There's so, so, much, to, we'll so, so much to do. It's, it's like going into a cathedral as mm. well when you go in there. You go from... You know, you can hear the wind outside, but um, and the birds, and then you go into the to the redwoods, and it's it's almost it just goes quiet, and you can hear a pin drop almost within these. So it's you know that experience is is great when you go in there. But you know, if you go to California, you might hear the woodpeckers tapping away uh, tapping away on them. But you know, because they're in Australia, you're not going to. So is it wrong that it's an introduced species? Yes, I guess you could technically call it a pest. It is. However, um, yeah, we kind of look at it as it's a different experience. It's a popular mm. tourist attraction that people are keen to come and look at and they don't get to see anywhere else. So, um, yeah, at the moment we're happy to happy to keep it as a key visitor site in the area. 
And, and is it really, is it more wrong to remove tr the trees that are there? Shouldn't we be planting more trees? I don't know, Ed. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, the, the, the redwoods I see as a, a relic of a bygone era, yes. really. So it's part of our history, exactly. Period in time. Um, yeah. mm. and, and now to take that away, it's all it, it's mm. a heritage area as well. So it's, uh, you know, they're, they're important that we've got to remember what has happened as well, because a lot of the Great Otway National Park was logged prior yeah. to be, it becoming an, a national park. And there's plantations that are out there now. So, you know, it's it's important to remember that. And, you know, Triplet Falls does tell a story of um, yeah. some of the old boilers, mills and that that, w that went on. So it's, you can still see the remnants of, of what went on. Mm. One of the other things we found was uh, great too was yeah. to go to um, the Great Ocean Road. The, uh, was it at the Information Centre? To see the way the road was built. Um, at the information oh, centre, yes. yeah, the Great Ocean Road. Have you been there the, the, to that centre as well? I have, and I have seen some of the history around the the reason why the Great and how the Great Ocean um, Road was was built. Yes. And here, I think there was a, a, an alert as well. Is it one day this week that the road is closed for a short time? They're going to blast one of the stones out that yeah, I saw um, somewhere near the Cumberland River or wherever. I know that they have been doing a lot of work a along the Great work. Ocean Road. I wasn't aware that that was the case. But, yeah, um, that there is yeah. A, a large stone that's in danger of, of um, dropping. I saw something and mm. it may have already happened, but I'm not sure. Yep. But when you look at the history, so when you're coming down this way or down through this part of the world, it really is some of the greatest scenery that the world has got. Yeah. And I think the road itself is recognised as a, or in the top ten, for visiting. It is, yeah. And another one that we've got, I guess, if you're looking at visitor experiences, is the Great Ocean Walk that runs alongside the yes. Great Ocean Road. Yes. So um, that's a real gem for us. So I don't know whether you've ever done the Great Ocean Walk, but um, it's about 100, 110 kilometres um, long, and you can do it as a whole experience, so the eight, eight days experience, or you can hop on and hop off along the way. So, um, yeah, I just spent four days in Apollo Bay last week, two of those days out in the Great Ocean Walk, and visitors are out and about walking there, and beautiful ridge experiences of walking along, coming into the different coves, being out, able to look out over the ocean, as well as, I guess, being immersed within that forest more inland, um, just outside of Apollo Bay. So it's a great, great that, walk. That was actually beautiful to see on that program of Ernie Dingoes, and... Uh, yeah, Brett Clark was the local elder there, oh, and yes, yep. it was just beautiful to see that. Yeah, and different experiences every mm. day. So, like, you start off in Apollo Bay at the Visitor Info Centre. Yeah. Mm. You head along, I guess, kind of out of town past Marengo Marine Century, um, get into what we call Elliot um, Campground mm. is the first stop along the way, and that's within the forest. But then you pop out. The first three or four days is fairly close to town, so people mm. are choosing to pop in and out and uh, taking accommodation off-park as well as mm. utilising the facilities within the park. But then those last couple of days, you really get into the remote areas like um, Ryan's Den and Devil's Kitchen, and it's beautiful out there. It's just mm. amazing. What sort of strenuous is it down when you rate it on can you do it or not? Uh, there, are, there are bits and pieces that are quite steep, So, and particularly in the remote areas, because you are then not able to get, gain vehicle access into certain areas. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there are sections that are quite steep, and it does require... I guess a little bit of fitness. Now, I don't know whether you'd know this walk, but the point at us to to Bell's Beach, you've ever walked that? No, I haven't. No, I've no. walked that. I've no. walked that. That's about seven k's. Yeah, and that's pretty strenuous. Mm. So I, I've done that. I just I've got to try and test, keep testing myself out, yeah. because there is so much to be seen in this area. And as I said at the outset, we're in a beautiful part of the world here in the Otways, and we want it to stay that way. We do. So yes. we've all got to look after it. Yeah, and we do, and we got we got great teams out there. The whole of Parks Victoria is is a great together team um, where we all work together. We've all got we've all got different passions um, from rangers to field service officers to everyone involved to to people winning funding for us, and you know we all work really well together, and we've all got that passion, and we, you know we want to share that with with our visitors and and the rest of the world as well. So. And I want to be able to share some different areas of 
what you guys do do. You've mentioned the three different areas that you're, that you're looking after, Jess. So I think we might be able to organise a couple more programs to talk about some of the stuff that yes, you I do. Yes, I can follow up with some of our other teams for sure. With some of the other teams getting yeah. them organised because I think that would be worthwhile for the entire community because this is really what we want people to do is we want them to connect out there with what yeah. we've got. It's free yeah. to go out and do it. Oh, no, it's not free. you just got to be responsible. That's the only thing you've got to be is responsible when you're doing it. Respectful. And respectful and respectful. Yes, don't don't go to the pub. You go, you can go to the pub and go to the pub. You do that respectfully as well. But get out and get you smell the roses or smell the whatevers. Yes. And I, I know what are they called? I, we, this thing at Anger the other day. There are people who are crazy about their orchids, and there was a display of all the bush orchids, and some of them were so tiny, and they're all out there. So you can go out and keep looking for them too. What do they call people who do that? I don't know, because they're a weird mob too. They're as weird as these twitches. <laughs> but anyway, no, I won't say they're weird. I won't say they're weird. They're a different kind that uh, they go out there and they, they they can find these things. I don't know how they do it. But anyway, you're going to go out with a little... Tr- no, no, wait a second. Yeah, come on, yeah. Jess. Sorry, Greg. I was saying, I mean, we've highlighted all the community partnerships that we do have. And yes. the community and volunteers are a core part of what we do. And I just wanted to give a shout out to those guys out yeah, there. Good. We've got our friends of Otway National Park, our land care groups, our four-wheel drive clubs, um, people that help us. And I must admit, I did make a little mistake just before in in my um, information because we do have so many so many community groups and volunteers and things. I did refer to the Otway Bioscan as Melbourne Uni. That's a mistake. It's the museum fix. So I apologise to everyone out there um, for making that little slip up. Um, yeah, just lots of people involved in lots of other stuff. Okay, now you did mention, and there's another thing that community partnerships is mental health programs, and that's what we're going to be talking again next week with Mary Voss, and she'll get someone in from Rotaract as well. Uh, we'll be talking about the art that's going on for that sort of stuff. But yeah, if your mental health is nothing better than getting outdoors, you have got a couple of announcements there as well. I noticed on the on your running sheet, Jess, you've got time to get those in, and then we'll go out with a bit of a track. Yeah, definitely. So I just wanted to, um, I guess, highlight, and this is this is already out um, in the media, that we are doing some upgrade works at Mates Rest and Melba Gully, Cape Otway Light Station. So that's a really, really great announcement for us last week of the $2.5 million. Um, the biodiversity response planning funding has been released, and we're fortunate to be able to access some of that funding to support the Otway ARC project that we spoke about earlier today. And another really great thing for us this year has been around the seasonal ranges. So we're going to get 100 new seasonal ranges across the whole of the state of Victoria, and they'll be out there helping us out in peak periods, engaging with visitors, um, running junior range programs, education programs, interpretation programs, and those people are really valuable assets to help us engage more and, and get our message out there and help us to manage parks. So that's really Fabulous. exciting for us. And opportunities for people like Justin. Like Justin. Um, yeah, who want to who wanna try out what Parks Victoria or come see what, what it's like to be a ranger at Parks Victoria. It's a great opportunity for people to, to come on board. Now, I know that years ago my cousin Damien, he used to do fire watching in towers. Do yes, they still, do do f- they still, they still do, do that. towers. Yep. yep. So yep. where I came from up in Wangaratta, they had a number of towers around the area. So fire spotters, yeah. Mm. Okay, well, so there's a lot to do. So the number to c- contact on that, on everything, anything to do with Parks Vic is 13 1963. So that's 13 1963. And, and you, can, you can jump on our... Um the, the website as well. There's Parks Victoria website. Which is all, it's parks.vic.gov.au, but if you just type in Parks Vic, you find it. Yes, you do. And now you're in Jolly Brand Street, Colac. We walk past there to get back to our train. You do. We do. And so that's easy, and so you haven't got far to go. It's fabulous. Welcome to Colac. Thank you. Jess, and fantastic that we've got you here as well, James. Yeah, thank you. All right. Yep. And thank you, Edwina. It's been great today. Look, we're going to go out with a track by who, and what is it going to be called, Jess? Oh, we are going to go out with one of my favourites, being a big beetle nut, Penway. Oh, great. I love that. Well, I love the Beatles, but not as much as the Rolling Stones. I'm a Rolling Stones fan way back, and that shows my age, doesn't it? But anyway, you've been listening to Community Connect with Greg and Edwina McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. Thank you once again, James and Jess and Edwina, and good luck to you, Justin, and we will talk to you again next week. Cheers.